Hi, I'm Lisa Hammer from the Venture Brothers. I play Triana. And if I'm listening to pirate radio, it's only Hench Life Pirate Radio. I will listen to nothing else. It's the only show I will listen to. All the other ones are just trash. <laughs> Gary, nobody cares about the Venture Brothers. People care. Well, just be quiet. All right, fine. People really need to know this stuff. Uh, okay, so what C-list character are we going to fight about this week? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh... it's Brick Frog. <laughs> I've been fucking loving all that fighting going on. <laughs> Uh, I'm not suspecting we're going to have a whole lot of arguing back and forth because. Uh, yes, we are. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, but, I have. Uh, <laughs> but Beast, did, did he show you his Nintendo Lego set? Oh, yeah. That thing is sick. It is hard to be upset when that thing's in the world. Yeah, no, that thing is 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 pretty effing uh, spectacular. Uh, and it's got a lot of neat things. There's even one thing uh, like the best way i can describe it is it's a hidden level i don't want to describe it too much because i haven't seen it in the reviews and i haven't taken any pictures of it to to accidentally whatever but like yeah there's a there's a hidden level in this fucking lego set <laughs> That's and I, I do not want to take credit for putting this together uh audrey put it together uh ten and a half hours so. kudos <laughs> but like the cartridge uh if you look inside the cartridge it has like a green line uh the it, uh, the nintendo like it has it's spring-loaded it's bouncy like yeah it, it, it's just all the bells and whistles um i think the next one we're gonna get is the grand piano and it works oh how how big is the grand piano I'm not entirely sure. I haven't seen like a outside the box one, but uh, apparently it functions. So like you have to string out like 88 keys or some shit. It's only $350. Yeah. See, okay. Uh, the Legos we get into are usually the idea sets, which are submitted by like, you know, Lego fans. Um, you know, and then Lego uh, puts them up for for group vote, and if they get over ten thousand, they get put in a special pool, and then you know chosen beyond that, and then Lego kind of goes through tweaks and engineers them. Um, but then like there's only like X amount of them. Like after like after a while, they stop making them, and that's why the grand piano has gone up so much is because it's a discontinued set. I remember at one point in a community group that I'm in on Facebook, they were there was somebody who had submitted one, and it was the uh, the study table, 
and the whole room and everything there and it got fairly far along they were trying to like lobby for support for the vote and um <clears throat> i was like that's cool i love community but then i was looking at all the other contestants and i was like jesus fucking christ some of the ideas people are coming up with for these are absolutely amazing and insane uh okay. it was a few months uh, back now so i can't remember any of them off the top of the head but like i was like okay this is something to put on the radar god damn oh man i, I know you're a big stranger things fan mm-hmm. uh they have a stranger things upside down so the whole thing kind of comes you build a build it on a stand and one half of the world is is like you know normal and then mm-hmm. you you turn the crank and the whole thing flips upside down and like the upside down world like yeah um it's pretty awesome that's uh, sick was it the this week the winnie the pooh uh house in <laughs> pooh bear corner actually came out and i'm, I'm actually I've been there <laughs> yeah pooh bear party uh and sesame street like they just had sesame street come out um if i can get them to do like uh like a muppet show i'm just not sure how i would want that done Fozzie on the stage and them heckling up top. I was going to say, like, the stage with, like, the arches, maybe oh, even, like, the No, you're right. Part that's of more the classic. Backstage. Yeah. With, with heads coming out of each one. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty solid. That'd be sick. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Do you remember where we left off? We kind of came to the conclusion it was at the commercial. Okay. Well, in that case, if you guys are ready, I'm going to go ahead and welcome all of our guests back to a very special episode of Conjectural Technologies here on the Helper Podcast Network, a venture industries podcast. Starring our resident dinner theater denizen, a man for whom... Earphones are to preserve the sound of your screams, not block them out. They are noise-enhancing headphones. The VOD villain. We are joined by my longtime companion, the inimitable Baron Beast Lamode, a man who was ousted from the royal family for making them look too royal. And yours truly, the inimitable, the incorrigible, Professor Brock Savage, a man for whom titles are just not enough. So we've defaulted to grunts and thousand yard stares. So ladies and gentlemen, what's that? Smoldering gazes. Smoldering gazes. Yeah. Is that, you know what? Because you're foxy smolder. (laughs) You got that foxy smolder. Mm. So have you seen, uh, I, I know, like, before we get started, I have to do my, my general distraction period. Uh, have you, if you've seen the, uh, like, reboot Jumanji movies? No. Actually, Mm-mm. briefly, the first one, and it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's, don't expect that shit to change your life. Uh, but watching actors play layers of characters... It is a lot of fun. So how do they even kick that up on the next one? Well, you throw in a Danny DeVito and a Danny Glover. You get Danny squared on this. And it was amazing. <laughs> um, that break, you know, 
you are truly onto something there. A, a film that has gotten both rave reviews and uh, societal jeers was Tropic Thunder. Oh, and Tropic Thunder was amazing. Robert Downey Jr. <clears throat> that whole, it just, I'm just a dude playing a dude played by another dude. I know who I am. <laughs> oh, and when he's finally having his breakdown and he's running through all the parts like it reminded me of that batman animated uh episode where like Clayface is breaking down at the end <laughs> or the t-1000 from the yeah. Ninja terminator 2 right yeah no uh i want to see a like a <laughs> i want to see a movie with danny glover and uh lewis gossett jr just talking real real slow about things. Well, you're going to call it Nine Iron Eagles? <laughs> Iron Eagles the shit. Don't even. Like. <laughs> but I bring it up, uh, like I brought Jumanji up because that was one of the, uh, was it Doc Bloodstone is the, the character's name? <laughs> and uh, hey. one of his powers was uh, uh, Smoldering Stare. <laughs> uh, dude, you, you're going to have to call it Lethal Eagles. Lethal Eagles. <laughs> Well, I heard they're trying to reboot uh, Face Off right now, so we might have our two leads there. That could be kind of fun. <laughs> Do you think they're going to call it Two Face, Two Off? <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Face. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, although, can we be perfectly honest? Uh, when no, the, it comes... obvious is, the obvious one is there face on or faced uh like even <laughs> even faced her off that's clearly the third one <laughs> <laughs> like because you can take the e in faced and make it a three hold up face off facer off faciest off I face, you face, he face, they face. <laughs> right. It's a six-part six series. Uh, each one's told from a different perspective. So I watched this really interesting uh, video the other day. Um, everyone's familiar with first person and third person, right? First person, I am telling the story. Third person, he, she, or it. Like, you know, third, you know even third person omniscient, right? And the question the was, what does, do that fucking much. what like, does a second person game look like? And he realized he played one years earlier. There's a game where you are a police officer who can jump into the bodies of other people. So he plays as this officer, jumping into the bodies of other people. And there's a scene in the game where you jump into the body of someone. And when you start driving, it's the car in front of you that moves. Because you are this person that the police officer is in the body of watching the actual officer in front of him driving the car. That... Is a second-person game. It is a game where it is all you are always watching you. No, a second-person game 
is when you buy a used game at GameStop. <laughs> right. No, uh, that's that's a really interesting concept. Like, uh, uh, it, it, okay, so this is actually breaking me a little bit because I'm, I'm doing a lot of like Zen reading and shit now. And uh, there's this whole idea of like no self and, and like, you know, this, that, the other, no single parts of consciousness. That, and, and then you come along with like bringing grammatical elements into this shit. Like this is, a, this is too much. So there's I actually think we're okay. Say a sentence in second person. You really like tramp stamps, don't you? Oh, it's suggestion. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. what hypnosis is. I love the idea okay. of a video game that is just like it's just hypnotoad telling you <laughs> like things about yourself. You are going to get a tramp stamp of a chihuahua on a gordita holding a pirate's hook over a barbecue. Okay, when when I think second person, I think was that uh, that one movie, Stranger Than Fiction. And except instead of hearing a third person narrate, it would be like somebody dictating straight to him. Like, well, you get off the bus, and then you went and got a hot dog, and you didn't like the way that that hot dog tasted, so you went and got an ice cream, and then you liked the taste of that ice cream. So I actually think that second person games were one of the first type of game because. Do you, did you ever play text-based games back in the day? Many, uh, like, of the pre-graphics games were text-based games. Well, I know what and, it like, I, I, I've, I've heard about the Hitchhiker's game. I've never played it. I know it's notorious in the, the text-based realm. Like, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Uh, I want to say the closest thing to text-based I got was Oregon Trail. And that wasn't <laughs> Well, and the general premise is you're presented with a situation, you come up with a solution, and it tells you what happens. It either says, you know, like Oregon Trail, you died, right? Dysentery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was always fucking dysentery. God damn it. <laughs> hey, don't don't undercut consumption. That's always what got my daughter. <laughs> so when you're looking at it, like those are by definition, second person games because they're constantly addressing you in the second person. So theoretically we've actually had second person games before we had any convincing visual first person games. No, no, no. See, they refer to you in the second person. They refer to me as daddy. <laughs> right. Well, I feel as though the, grammatical elements of this made less sense to me before I had children and watching a child attain consciousness makes the first second and third person like declensions really like pronouns really clear right because for every baby they always begin consciousness with me 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 then they recognize mother as another me right? And then they recognize that there are other me's in everybody else. And first person, second person, third person is just how far you are willing to apply the concept of me to the people around you. It is grammatical empathy. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Uh, that is something else 
that is a a hindrance in in like the whole Zen thing is a language system built on I. When as of like a, a doctrine of of the, like Zen is there is no I. So it's like how do you how do you move those ideas over? <laughs> Well, and I got to tell you, they break their own rule. A because, lot. Uh, look at a koan, right? A tree falls in the wood. Does it make a sound, right? That is pretty self-neutral, right? Does, you know, you're not even reflecting on you, but you are inserting your own experience into it. I don't know that you can have a completely selfless, eyeless koan, because it requires the listener to reflect on their own experience. The point of it is to throw you into this metaphysical limbo. Right. Well, I mean, and that, that's why they have no specific answer or they have a, a specific turn. The, the koans I like the most uh, are, are Three Stooges-esque in nature, right? So there's one and it's like a Zen master and two of his... Uh, it, and they all sound like jokes when they start, by the way. So there's a Zen master and two monks. They're walking by a pond, right? On the other side of this pond, so the, like geese fly off. And uh, the other monk, you know, one of the monks remarks about it. He says, you know, oh, uh, you know, the, the geese have left us. And uh, the Zen master turns around. And he's like, is that so? And kind of reaffirms it. He's like, yeah, you, you saw the geese leave. At which point the Zen master grabs him as hard as he can by the nose, and the monk goes, Ah! He's like, Oh, I thought the geese left. Because he, he made him honk with the, by grabbing his nose. Yeah. Like it's, it's just that plane on the surface. Like the lesson there is there's no separation of, you know, between you and the geese. The geese not being there is irrelevant to, to you know, the state of geese. That is um, so dumb. All oh, you dude, taught yeah. me is all of the research you're doing on the Zen stuff you could easily do by just learning how to bomb at your local, like, yeah, open mic like, night. We're going <laughs> like, to do open mic night. As long night. as you can bomb at an open mic, you got the Zen thing down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's even better. You don't get my humor. I'm just too Buddhist. No <laughs> one understands me. Uh, there's another one and it's all hinged on translation so the japanese word for no or nothing is is mu the chinese word for this is wu so um you know a student comes up to a zen master and asks you know do dogs have like you know buddha nature to which the zen master replied wu Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you just it, got booed out of the truck until just now. <laughs> just how much Zen is listening to a kindergartner try to tell you jokes? Oh, dude, the fish with no eyes joke might be the most Zen joke uh, you've ever told, <laughs> and you didn't even know it. That is one of my favorite jokes of all time. What do you call a fish with no eyes? Oh, <laughs> Zen jokes and dad jokes are very much similar. Vaughn, that. that joke is amazing, and you should be ashamed of yourself 
for groaning. No, because Unless... I tried to overthink it. I tried to overthink it. I was like, where could this possibly go? Dude, I did the same thing, except it took me longer. <laughs> like, that's that's how deeply this joke can spin you in circles. Uh, with all Dude, of that. That's I, going to be my koan. That's going to be my contribution to Western Zen. I'm going to study hard. I'm going to practice. I'm going to res- like receive the, the Dharma light of transmission. And when I have a student, that's going to be their koan. You know what? I feel like you could also do the same thing by just telling Mitch Hedberg jokes. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah. I saw a wino eating grapes. I was like, yo, man, you got to wait. Like, those, are, those are truly the most zen of all humor. Observation humor. Yeah, now I get you. Well, and, and you know, the whole thing with Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, I saw two geese wasn't... fighting, and that was the. Well, and Dimitri Martin was. I saw two geese fighting. No, no, no. No, no. Pillow no, no. fighting happen, uh, happening ahead of time. Don't, don't <laughs> right? divert the conversation from Mitch Hedberg to Dimitri Martin. We were on Mitch Hedberg. Continue with that. Vaughn, uh, <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to let you. I'm going to let you take the wheel here. Go right ahead. Oh, okay. First of all, if anybody out there hasn't listened to some Mitch Hedberg, like go, go. I, I, it's one of the few times I'll say, put us on pause, go onto YouTube, find some clips. Um, or better yet, click off the page altogether, come back, give us another click. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Mitch Hedberg is so good that you will end up starting to deliver all of your jokes in his cadence. Comedians talk about it all the time that they can't watch other comedians too much because they'll start delivering stuff in that way. Uh, God damn it, Mitch. He literally gets into my speech pattern. Um, I have to avoid him at times because it just becomes too obnoxious for even me to hear Mitch coming out of myself all the damn time. Go, just go. Yeah. One of my favorite like observations of his was about escalators. Like an escalator is never broken because it just becomes stairs. Sorry for the convenience. Yeah, sorry for the convenience. <laughs> okay, interesting. So maybe because of all the heroin, right? Mitch Hedberg was really watching a ton of Dane Cook, but we could never tell because of the heroin. Um, okay, speaking of the heroin, then if you can find it on the deep cuts, the unedited Comedy Central uh, special that he did, it's like an extra 25, 30 minutes long. You can watch the heroin ebb and flow throughout that special. And it's why when you see the edited version that they do play the 22 minute cut of, it's so choppy and all over the place. And this, this poor editor was like just trying to catch this guy at the right point of a high and like maintain the level for him. And it, it was hats off for what they pulled off, but the long cut is absolutely fucking hysterical. He almost bombs his own set and then just like brings it back and gets better laughs after that. It's heroin at its finest. Or man, I, he was just looking for a challenge. He's like, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> I'm going to nosedive and pull up real quick. <laughs> It's he's like uh, down looking backwards. He's the only person who's ever sat down and faced away from the stage in the middle of their own stand-up special. Like <laughs> that's emo comedy, man. <laughs> but he wasn't emo. It was all set up punchline, like uh, most of us comedians are. 
Um, it's all quick ins and outs. It's why I love fucking like Anthony Jessel, Nick. It's all ins and outs. As soon as Dude, you're into a joke, you're out of a joke. It, it, it the thing about the thing about that, it, uh, Anthony Jesselnick, the same way too. Like the joke ends before you've processed where you're at in the joke. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is so witty that the joke's oh. over while you're still in it. Well, no, he, he that's the thing is. Uh, Jesselnik has to move with that kind of brisk pace before you can realize that you should be offended. <laughs> That's how he's escaped cancel culture. It's just like that brisk, like punchline comedy. Da, 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 da. No, can we talk came... about the irony of trying to cancel cancel culture? Well, I just saw they got Pepe Le Pew, so we're fucked. Uh, uh... Can we be honest though? <laughs> like they didn't get Pepe Le Pew. One guy wrote an article. Is that what happened? Yeah. And let's be honest, we've talked about Pepe Le Pew in this context for at least six years now. We all knew that Pepe was problematic because Pepe's whole thing is she said no, but it really means yes. Like, uh, day one, I got HBO Max. They had Looney Tunes. I flipped on some old Looney Tunes, was jamming through, and then all of a sudden I hit a Pepe Le Pew, and I was like, damn, fool. Like, you got to tone that down. Like, yeah, the Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is one of those ones where what ended up happening to all the Muppets episodes with that preemptive warning thing, I'm like, ah, HBO, you might be coming next. Like, Well, and again, what is it? Like, this is the thing I don't quite understand. Like when I think about cancel culture, I think about heavy metal or how people were lighting their Nikes on fire because they didn't like football, man. Like when I think of cancel culture, I think about Muslims. Like, hey, we're just going to cancel religion in the United States. That just happened. Like, whereas people are like, oh, they're trying to cancel Dr. Seuss. no. Dr. Seuss, the people who manage his estate, decided not to republish six books that had extremely questionable content. Well, and here's the thing is... uh, That's not canceling Dr. Seuss. That's Dr. Seuss saying, you know, maybe I shouldn't tell these N-word jokes anymore. Well, yeah, no, clearly. But like the the, the weird Ouroboros here is is like uh, Dr. Seuss... The weird Ouroboros, the, the self-eating... Oh, no, 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 no. I, I just want to hear you say this word again. Ouroboros? Is that not how it's said? Is that... What's that face? <laughs> I believe it's glee. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, actually, so um, I heard... I re- well, I no, I read something, and it completely changed my perspective on all this. Anytime you hear someone say something differently than how you might expect it to sound, it's because they learned the word by reading it instead of by hearing it. No, I learned that word from Millennium on television with Lance Hendrickson. Go on. I had always heard that word as Ouroboros. It's a subtle difference, but like it, the... Because when I, in my head, when I read that word, I th- I say it the way you just said it. Ouroboros? 
Yeah, like when I'm reading the word, that's how I say it in my head. First off, what kind of black fucking magic manuals are you reading? <laughs> I've never once read that word, and I'm into some weird stuff. Second, There's no way. No, no, that's 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 definitely a bit of a you, dude. As a as the dare I say antepenultimate uh, like David Lynch fan, <laughs> I would have presumed like dude. You've got words like thulpa. Like, you've got words where, like, vowels need to be introduced. Yeah, no, no, I get you. Um, anyway, so the whole, like, Ouroboros of the deal here is, uh, according to cancel culture, now you're criticizing uh, a Jewish person, which means now you're being anti-Semitic. So if you can't let Jewish people be racist, what kind of world are we living in? <laughs> Have you gone back and looked at his, like, at the things that were quote unquote problematic? No, because uh, I mean, here's the thing: is I'll, I'll, I'll take word for it. Um, on on one hand, I do think some stuff is getting a little out of hand. Like, uh, I've read more and more articles. It seems like a thing that's getting steam is like canceling the classics. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, I get it. You know, the Odyssey is problematic in a, you know, contemporary social standard for a lot of reasons. Fine. But like, uh, it's still the fucking Odyssey. (laughs) And and like, if you don't understand why that's important, like why epic poetry, why fiction overlaid with historical details, you know, as a means of, of keeping a story alive. Um, why these archetypes like you know move us and et cetera, et cetera. like if you don't understand that then like I'm, I'm sorry but like to say it has no value because penelope is not like you know a 21st century woman and and you know fucking uh odysseus they ice boxed her they put yeah. in the ice box <laughs> <laughs> Would love to see whether or not the same people that want to cancel the Iliad feel the same way about Valerie Solanus. Interesting. Yeah. Like, we want to update the Odyssey as written by the woman who shot Andy Warhol. <laughs> like, I agree that. Um, you know, I, to some degree, can appreciate the idea behind it in that if something is problematic, how do we address this? And the question is, is it better to address it openly and honestly or to pretend like it doesn't exist? Now, I Hmm. feel like this is a fundamentally different argument than the one that we're having with almost everything else. So the argument that you're describing, right, about the Odyssey and the Iliad is the same argument that's been had for 70 years about Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain and To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I pronounce it incorrectly? To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, right? So we've got these books that have traditionally been canceled by very conservative school districts because they contained, you know, racial epithets and, you know, in the case of To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Scout calling somebody a whore lady. Like, oh, oh, I mean, you know, in Victorian England, 
you couldn't say table leg because women would faint from the accusation. Oh, just that, you know, like this is nothing new. I mean, fair enough. I mean, and it's all justification, right? And actually I've got a new, I've got a new moral construct for you. So you've heard of Schrodinger's cat, right? And this is that, the, the quantum presupposition, right? Is the cat dead or alive, whatever. So we have a new one called Hitler's dog. So you have a dog and in this dog is the soul of Hitler, right? And you know that this dog has to die because it's evil and it's Hitler, Goddard's law. So how do you, what steps do you take and how do you kill the dog in a way that uh, justifies your actions? Uh, that's easy. Throw a glob of peanut butter into a pool. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you went straight drowning. Um, well, okay. dogs can swim, by the way. Yes, but not when they're trying to get the delicious peanut butter at the bottom of the pool. Why can I picture some fat puppy just being like, but I want the peanut butter. <laughs> dog Hitler dog. <laughs> now, and, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's kind of take this back just a little bit. I feel like... You're not going to ask how Hitler got in the dog? There's no need. We've already accepted that he is. <laughs> yeah, in the construct, it like, is Hitler. You're dog. not going to ask why the tree fell in the woods? We don't need to. <laughs> Fair so enough. It, we, it, we are looking at the question of whether or not there is an intrinsic value in difficult subjects. And I think the entire history of education as we understand it is that problems are there to be worked through. Take any math class. That's what it teaches you, right? And when we are looking at things like this, how much of that is worth discussing and why? And where does that fall into the curriculum? And of course, if you are a, let's say that you're a religious person, if you are offended by any of these questionable things, then you are also arguing that the Bible should be taken out of every school curriculum where it may currently be. Whether or not it is a holy book is independent of the values and virtues that it is both highlighting and espousing. You know, in if we're looking at bad behavior, the Bible is a codex of just catastrophe. Oh, dude, what right. is it uh, Bill Maher said? You know, if you're wanting to, you know, we, we use Bibles to take oaths. But if you look at the, a lot of the, the morality out of context in the Bible, like you would be better off, like, you know, making an oath on the King James edition or was it the, the, uh, not the King James, the, the Rick James edition, then the King James edition. <laughs> like. <laughs> I love the idea. Show me the Rick James, like annotated Bible. <laughs> that I would read. And God <laughs> said to Satan, smack. I saw something the other day. It was like before memes, we would just walk around yelling Chappelle show quotes at each other. <laughs> yeah, man, that was high school. Like, <laughs> pretty much. Chappelle show and Anchorman. 
<laughs> so there I'm is. I'm in a glass case of emotion, honky. <laughs> there is a weird dichotomy between the people who are complaining about cancel culture and where cancel culture came from. Because cancel culture is an inherently conservative project. I mean, yes and no. I, I, and I, don't, I don't mean conservative in the sense like, you know, political affiliation conservative. I mean, cancel culture is an attempt to preserve something okay, in okay. society. Yeah. And then you Uh, look at it, it's being used primarily by the extreme liberal. um, Nope. I don't know if you've been on Twitter or not, but... I'm I'm, I'm just going to flat out tell you right now that that is not correct. (laughs) Name the canceled things over the past, say, give me the most canceled things of the past five years. I mean, recently? Top, g- give me the top 10 cancel things the past five years. 10's a lot. 10's a big list. Uh, Gina Carano, like right out of the gate, okay, uh, stands up to that pretty hard. Um, and again, see, that's what the problem she... is like, there, it's almost information overload. Like all of the cancel culture shit. We were just talking about this. You know, Army Hammer, <laughs> Paul Handsome, both the Winklevoss twins. Lone Ranger, man from uncle, goddamn Army Hammer, uh, has some stuff come out right about the same time as Marilyn Manson. Can you tell me what that stuff is? Yeah, cannibals. It, like they, people accused him of being a cannibal. Okay, first off, like let's look at the Monty Python of this whole situation. <laughs> this is like Monty Python wrote an episode of Black Mirror, right? Uh, and then, like all this weird stuff starts stacking up, like. And do you know, do you know where that? Do you know where the cannibal thing came from? Hmm. QAnon. Well, yeah. Apparently, like he sent it. To, like he he sent a text to somebody, and I'm like, but he anybody can doctor that shit now. Anybody can doctor a a text thing. Like, mm-hmm. why would you like come out and say? That that's your sexual fetish to like a stranger, period. I mean, I'm also not going to like pretend to understand what gets people off. If it's and if it's non-consensual, it's out of bounds. If it's consensual, I mean, eat eat up. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw boxing Helena. What if there's one extra step? <laughs> I mean, uh, there was that German case where the guy signed off on it. Um, the like, only other nationality that's acceptable for that is Japanese. <laughs> yeah, there's some weird people, man. Um, uh, so so let, let's take a look at a few other things, right? Um, like Venture Brothers? Well, and again, was that, did anyone point to cancel culture on that one? No, no? Uh, I, I was pointing to the plot of the episode. He's trying real hard here. I mean, should we not do what he wants and keep going on this? Because I mean, we're talking about cannibals. This is right or, 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 <laughs> is this a ploy to not talk about Venture Brothers more? 
Hmm. Is it? Hmm. Perhaps. So, you know, again, we look at the, the biggest thing. Like if I go back and I look at the single biggest like canceled things, most of them are, you know, it, of the stuff that happened recently, Mr. Potato Head, not a real thing. And Dr. Seuss, again, not a real, like, not a real thing, right? Okay, let's go back even further, right? Colin Kaepernick got canceled in the NFL. Uh, I remember people lighting their Nikes. Uh, Nike was canceled over it, right? People uh, were lighting their shoes on fire. Louis C.K. Uh, like, uh, Louis, Louis C.K., yeah, canceled. and again, yeah, and uh, Steve we or Harvey Weinstein, Right? Okay, great. What what else? Bill Cosby. You know, Harry Potter, Magic the Gathering, Heavy Metal. Wait, Magic the Gathering? Comic books. Canceled? Magic got canceled. Yeah, Hold like 30 years ago. But that was just... 30 years ago. Marilyn Manson got canceled 30 years ago. No, no, see, this is the it, whole problem. Like Eminem. You're equating cancel Eminem. You're, you're equating cancel culture with social outrage. Cancel culture is this new subspecies of, of social outrage and boycott like we're in the same genus we're in the same phylum but like now we're in a different subspecies because this is all righteous indignation this isn't just the Dude, same way like it's born it's, out of like those movements but now it's um social like consumer awareness like uh straws straws got canceled Straws did they have have to try to cancel straws. They had it coming. Well, and their solution was paper straws, shitty paper straws. It's not a good solution. The horse and buggy got canceled. And uh, if you have those metal straws, I, I I don't know about those. As someone in the health field, like bacteria is a thing. Uh, be careful, people. Uh, I've yeah. seen some really nasty stuff uh, research done on those metal straws. If you are not vigilant, fucking throw that thing away already. <laughs> Joss Whedon I forget who it was that who did. Joss Whedon has been canceled. Joss Whedon, uh, and no one knows why. Well, uh, but depends on who. DC you was like, uh, <laughs> look, Snyder cut. <laughs> No, and we were even like Villain and I were talking about this. They don't even want you to watch the Snyder Cut. Like they're throwing everything out. It's like, all right, so we got some Snyder Cut news. Black Superman. All right, so we got some Snyder Cut news. Mortal Kombat trailer. Did you see that fucking trailer? And then you're like, yeah, no, I saw that. That fucking trailer was crazy. They tried to cancel Mortal Kombat. Yeah, good fucking luck with that. No, they successfully the did it on the with, uh, when it was just the game. <laughs> they successfully did it with the Super Nintendo version. They removed the blood and replaced it with sweat. I do remember that. Ooh. Ooh. Couldn't have been both. Because I was just telling Beast that was the coolest part of the trailer for the new movie was Sub Zero slashing the guy, freezing the blood, and then cutting him again with his own blood. Like that was the bit that made me go, yeah, I'm watching that. 100. Yeah. percent I'm in. If he had literally taken the sweat off another guy's brow and then turned that into a blade and then like brushed off more sweat from his brow, not seeing that movie. That that's a crap. again. 
the definition of cancel culture as moral outrage over a given stance, like this is not a new thing. It has been going on for a very long time. There is nothing new about this other than it is easier to get more upset when, what is it, like 88% of people are getting their news through Facebook? Well, it also, I mean, tech, it, do you want to root it back to starting all with like, what was it, Nancy Reagan going against Nugent? Uh, what's his face from... Um, Ted Nugent? Yeah, it was Ted Nugent. Fuck, who was it? It was like Ted Nugent. Um, wasn't there, there was a rapper, I want to say like an early 90s, 80s rapper. Fuck, who was it? Are you talking about the parents music resource or the parents yeah, yeah, resource yeah. council? There was the, like the most bizarre three, like the, the like a band I want to see trio of. Oh, D. Snyder, D. Snyder. Yes, it was D. Yeah. Snyder. Yeah, and then fuck, I want to say it was like an old seventies head, sixties uh, seventies head was in there too. Uh, if by the way, if any of our listeners ha- like haven't seen D. Snyder's, these are real words coming out of my mouth. Testimony before Congress. You should go check that out. And please Dee tell Snyder. me who the crap the third guy is. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the D. Snyder testimony is like up there with, uh, I don't know, Mr. Rogers addressing Congress on behalf of John the Denver. Frank John Zappa. Denver, there you go. That was the one yeah, I had pictured. John Denver, but Frank Zappa, D. Snyder. Yeah. I mean, look, you know it's getting weird. That's like having Bob Ross stand up and be like, we shouldn't censor art. I'd hate to have to slaughter all of you in your sleep. <laughs> uh, did you see that Bob Ross Banksy video? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Uh, Banksy went and did a piece on the wall, uh, on the wall, the exterior wall of the jail that housed Oscar Wilde. And he did the video with Bob Ross narrating it. Like a deep fake type thing? No, like Bob Ross narration. We're just going to put a happy little one right here. Like oh, so he just things. overlaid he some some Bob Ross yeah. on it. Like yeah, oh. yeah, nice, fucking brilliant. It, it's it's pretty solid. It's worth checking out. You know what else is worth checking out? The rest of this episode. Oh no no no! Right I tried to transition messages. back, and and I wasn't allowed. I'm sorry. I was prepared for an argument. That was. Or is this week. abuse? <laughs> You know what? It's, you know what's really abuse. Our next sponsor. Conjectural Technologies podcast is hosted, produced, and researched by me, Beast Lamode, Professor Brock Savage, and Vaude Villain. Edited by Beast Lamode and Vaude Villain. Intro music produced by Professor Brock Savage. Email us at conjecturaltechpodcast at gmail.com 
or find us on Twitter at conjecttech underscore pot. And go Team Venture!